0: Your DVR is full Well, let us be your guide to what is worthwhile David and Paul will tell you now What crap you can bear And if you don't like that Well, you can go to hell hey, hey, hey,
1: hey, watch this. Howdy everybody and welcome to Hey Watch This, uh, the show that I don't normally intro. I usually leave that up to the very boisterous and gregarious Paul Goebel, the King of TV. But Paul Goebel, the King of TV, is not here this week. I am here and joining me as guest co-host... Uh, from the Televerse and a great friend of all of us, please welcome Kate Kolzik.
2: Thanks for having me, David. It's always a pleasure.
1: Thank you for doing this. Um, this is becoming a, a tradition, t- second year in a row. Uh, I think, right? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. That that we've uh, wrapped up uh, the the at least the TV angle on San Diego Comic Con International, uh, which is something it is you and i are both uh, in the same boat in terms of um comic con being uh, kind of a religion <laughs> a religious experience <laughs> for us um how was your how was your con of this year
2: it was the best comic con i've been to and that's despite the very uh undesirable i guess i'll say weather uh but no it was it was the best con yet for me i've been going for 4 years so i've got a ways to go before i'm like have the perspective on it that you do david but uh, it was wonderful <laughs> i uh
1: it surprises me that that's only four years for you because i feel like you're uh, an old pro but i i i don't this is my 11th year um mm-hmm. but we know people like our friend ryan from criterion cast who've been going for 20 something years um i don't i think it would be against the essence and nature and spirit of comic-con for someone to be like oh well i've been going longer so i I get it more, you know. To me, <laughs> if you love Comic Con, then you're part of the group. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, that weather. Now, you, when you live in the in the Chicagoland area, um, you're used to humidity. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that was for San Diego. That was quite a humid Comic Con.
2: Well, and for me, it wasn't even the humidity, though that, because again, you know, Chicago, <laughs> and I grew up without air conditioning too. Oh. So I got air conditioning when I went to college, uh, along with, you know, a cell phone. Did uh, you grow so, up
1: with cable television?
2: Uh, when I was in high school, no, I want to say eighth grade, okay. we got a more than 12 inch, or maybe more than 18 inch uh, size TV. And a non corded phone and cable and internet in the same like
1: week. Do you, looking back, do you, which would you rather have had cable television or air conditioning?
2: Oh, God, air conditioning. <laughs> like, it's not even close. Yeah. I, I don't get any of these references. As I, I know you've talked about this before, David, as well, either uh, here or over on Battleship Retention. Like, I don't get any of the, the references to, like, Clarissa explains it all or right. all, the, like, all of the, the Nick shows I've and ever everything. i
1: my shorts. Uh, I don't know
2: No idea. I have um... yet to meet Pete and Pete, though I'm sure <laughs> we'll have a, a merry old time once, once I do. Um, but... But no, I just have, I have so many memories of just like sitting downstairs, um, where the, the, the floor underneath the carpet was, was cement. And so it was the coldest place to be and just waiting for the oscillating fan to turn and like vivid memories that that way. So for me, it wasn't even the humidity. It was the lack of any shade because I burned the crap out of my, my calves the very first day waiting in line for the Star Trek Beyond drawing, um. I foolishly did not sunscreen. I sunscreened everywhere else. I like triple coated my feet and everything, but I missed my calves for some ungodly reason. Uh, hubris is what it was. I wasn't planning <laughs> ahead. And so my, my, my legs were warm to the touch through jeans for like at least two days afterwards. It was less than desirable. It was very, it was very hot is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I'm
1: sorry to hear that, but, um, it, it did turn out well. You, you got tickets yeah. to see Star Trek Beyond the, the premiere um, uh, preview night uh, outdoor IMAX uh, live orchestral accompaniment.
2: Yes, and qu- and choral accompaniment as well, which of course, for me, being a musician, is way more important than the IMAX screen uh, or the outdoor. But for other people, I'm sure it was a nice added benefit. It was it was a lovely experience, certainly. Um, there were a lot of people in line who, who walked away with sunburns and didn't get tickets. Um, did you have many experiences? Uh, did you have many challenging experiences with the weather, David?
1: I know I, I spent a, a good amount of time indoors this time i mean it did keep me from doing some stuff like i had uh you know if you went back and maybe listen to my comic-con preview episode over on battleship pretension uh i talked about my plans to visit all the great off sites you know because every year there's just more and more there are many conventions that are all around the convention and I had planned to to walk around to those because I had some lighter schedules. But there were yeah Friday and Saturday like afternoons I was like you know what I think I'm just gonna stay in the convention center and see what's <laughs> going on here because I don't feel like walking especially like the Entertainment Weekly one I don't know if you went over there it was forever away.
2: No um, no I I barely did uh, I barely I, f- I felt like I barely did the con <laughs> this yeah. year because um, there was just there were too many um, days where. I was I was staying about a 45 minute bus and walk away from the convention center. So um I cosplayed one of the days and had to curl my hair which I haven't done in a very long time. <laughs> so like I missed have that morning. Uh and so like I, I wanted to make sure I was getting as much con experience as I could. Yeah. Um yeah, it's, it's like you feel like you have a responsibility when you have a badge. It was like there's nothing I really care about Saturday morning, but if I'm not there i'm going to like feel like i'm letting down the people who, who want to be there and can't be
1: that, i do have that as well yeah um although I, yeah. I, I did spend some time uh away from the uh away from the convention um i i actually i saw a couple movies but we're not gonna, we're not here to talk about movies you saw a movie too we're not here to talk about movies we're here to talk about television um so uh now wednesday is preview night and this is as you said your fourth Comic-Con, and this is your first of those four times not going to the uh, premiere pilot screenings during preview night. Is that right?
2: Yes, I was planning to, because I assumed I would not get Star Trek tickets, yeah. but then we did. So, happy accident. Uh, but that means I was not able to see the adventures of Archie and company, and Riverdale, and the the other uh, pilots that screened the night. I did catch two of them, actually, later in the con, uh, so I can talk question. about them when we get to them. Okay, But I, th- that was it. Do you ever do preview night? I feel like you come down later in the weekend.
1: No, no, I, I'm always there on Wednesday, um, but I don't do the 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 pilots. Um, oh, that's my, right. You gotta get your exclusives. That's yeah. Preview night is about picking up them exclusives for me. Uh, that's exclusives for the um, less nerdy. Uh, but you're know, <laughs> listening to this podcast. You know what we're saying. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, this um, I did have a TV related exclusive that I actually didn't pick up until uh, until Sunday. Uh, which was the Over the Garden Wall uh, soundtrack on vinyl, uh, which is very cool. I don't know That's, if you were a I'm, fan of Over the Garden Wall.
2: I adore Over the Garden Wall. Yeah. It was in my top 20 uh, of TV shows the year that it aired, and it, it just it fills my heart with joy when I see people cosplaying as yeah. over the garden wall. And the last two years, there have been some this year. There was, uh, um, a, a young woman who was at the cartoon network, uh, costume ball as, as, uh, um, with the, the pointed cap and everything. She, she had this awesome Cape. We actually ran into her walking to the con and she, like, she, I only could tell what she was because of the hat, yeah. uh, because it was way too hot for her to be wearing this gorgeous, like double lined Cape outside. But, um, uh, and I also saw the um the highwayman uh, and also the 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 bar the Betty Boop inspired right. one. Yeah. So there was there was some good over the garden wall cosplay this year.
1: That's great. I, I wish I had more of an eye for cosplay. I tend to have a um I'm very much in my life and at Comic-Con, I'm a am a person it's it's about the destination, not about the journey. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm walking <laughs> to another part of the convention, i'm thinking about getting there as quickly as possible um and i usually don't uh did, i unfortunately tend to pass by a lot of uh cosplay without stopping to take it in it's a problem
2: well yeah well i you know there's that that, that can be a consideration certainly i know that there are, i spend too much of the con trying to not get annoyed at people who are slow walking with their entire group or um i was talking with um uh, I was going over to actually meet Tyler for for food, and there was this. I, I the, there was uh, some interesting pedestrianing, uh, like people, like a group of people just stopped at the end, the foot of stairs. Just mm-hmm. like, why would you ever do that? Do you ever uh, have to fight down con rage at those people? Because um, well, it's such a positive experience most of the time.
1: Yeah, no, I most definitely do, but I mean, I, less so than I would in my normal life because I'm also a a lot of the times a um, pedestrian slash public transit person here in los angeles we do exist um and uh i probably get more annoyed in my day-to-day life just like trying to get to work whereas in comic-con i'm a little bit more forgiving i think
2: and I feel like the cosplayers are usually on top, uh, especially the people who it's not their first year are on top of where the areas are, where you're not going to disrupt the flow, and mm-hmm. so you know the people can do pictures or that kind of thing. So um, I tend to maybe it's because of you know I have made it a priority in previous years to take lots of pictures of cosplay. Um, uh, to put on, put up on Twitter. Um, but I, I, I have a, like I know where some of the spots are, so maybe I have a, I'm more like looking for for the cosplay. And certainly last year I cosplayed the whole convention, so that that shapes the way that you view this stuff as well. But um, yeah. no, I'm always looking for um. There are particular properties that I'm uh, very fond of, or or also ones that are underrepresented. Usually, like, you couldn't like turn around without seeing at least one or two adorable young rays from force awakens um uh or sorry uh from just the blade of star wars and um
1: yeah that's what it's called right The before
2: that is what it's called yeah a getting world one confused one.
1: with sharknado the fourth awakens
2: yeah which you also couldn't avoid those those uh hired cosplayers either but um but when i so when i see someone like one a year there was this group who was the the party down crew uh-huh. Uh-huh. which was uh, was fantastic, or um, it, it, like something like Over the Garden Wall, which just has such a fond place in my heart. I'm always going to uh, spot that when I can. So um, we've gone on a tangent here. It's been like 15 minutes that I've been uh, blathering at you, David. We actually <laughs> haven't talked about any television or panels All right, that we well, saw.
1: Then let's get well, – we, 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 we've wrapped up preview night now. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> let,
1: let, yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into Thursday. What did you do, uh, TV? V wise on Thursday.
2: Uh, Thursday, I we we got to the con a little later than normally. We would have liked to because Star Trek went late, um, and also my sister cosplayed as Sapphire from Steven Universe with com- blue body paint. And yeah. you you haven't seen Steven Universe, David, because you don't like beautiful things or joy. i don't um, have anything but...
1: against Steven Universe, <laughs> except that I in my mind there's a competition between steven universe and adventure time that doesn't exist anywhere else but i decided it's the same thing as uh in my mind there was a competition between you're the worst and married and you're the (laughs) worst (laughs) one um but i'm still like like i'm whenever i see someone like post about how much they like excited for the new season of you're the worst i'm like fuck you, you hated Married, and you're the reason Married got canceled, because I loved Married. There are people like
2: me who like them both. It's possible. (laughs) But anyways, we'll we'll talk more about Steven Universe um, in a little bit. You won't be able to shut me up about Steven Universe in a little bit. But the, uh, but, and so I was cosplaying as Amethyst, my sister was cosplaying, um, like fully committed with the body paint and everything as Sapphire, so that took a little longer to get to the con. Um, so by the time we got there, it was I was mostly in actually um, comics panels uh, on on the first day, and and what I really enjoy about um, about Comic Con is all, are all the different tracks you can take, Disney tracks. So I actually ended up not necessarily intentionally in a diversity track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to diverse comics and LGBTQ LGBTQ. Um, you were in view and that was pop culture. So that was TV, that was film, that was comics, that was gaming. Um, I also, so we can talk a little bit about that, um, I guess, but, um, the other one I went to was, uh, <laughs> a queer comics or historical comics, which was again, so I, that was the kind of stuff I was at on, on the first day. And that ended up being a bit of a trend through the con when there was a time where there wasn't something that I was really passionate about trying to get into. Mm-hmm. I found myself, uh, in these smaller panels, um, looking for underrepresented voices uh to you know shut up and listen to
1: (laughs) so yeah and it's i mean it's fantastic that uh that comic-con has so many of these and i feel like they do every year but this year definitely felt like it was uh loaded with them um which is great and it even came up on other you know i was at a panel about horror movies that um it came up that the panel was all white males and then about 20 minutes of the discussion ended up being about uh, diversity and horror filmmaking, and uh, both on and behind on camera, behind the camera. Uh, so yeah, it was definitely a theme.
2: Yeah, there's a lot. You uh, know, like even even on some of the diversity panels, even on some of the um, the panels that you would expect to be less uh, a bunch of white dudes. There's so many. There's such an over abundance of white dudes. And I should say white um, cis men. Straight on. Yeah. on well we, we I assume straight you don't know <laughs> you know I shouldn't assume that um but um not presenting as otherwise i guess um on on panels uh, like, to the point where even like i was like at the american gods panel which we'll talk about um when we get to friday but um but it was mostly white dudes So i was like even the brian fuller show where they're commenting yeah. about the great diversity in this cast is almost all white dudes oh man it's a it's i do think it's an active issue at, at comic-con um that they're somewhat aware of but not aware of enough that there. that i think people who because comic-con isn't in charge of who's on each panel i think right. the, the people selecting their panelists need to be more active in seeking out other people um not straight white dudes or people who present as straight white dudes um in their in their paneling i mean like i've been very aware of all the scoring panels that and then now there's quite a, f- a number of them um this is the first year that i've gone that there's been a, any not uh not any female hmm. panelist on oh, a really? composing panel yeah and there's a, it was like three or four composing panels this year there's one woman in the the um composing for like the justice league animated kind of shows and I was like, yes, there's one. There's one woman. They we can write music, too. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's I, I'm going on a fun one of my favorite topics here. But uh, did, did you ever notice this? Does this bother you? Because like, I started noticing it my second year at Comic-Con and now it just it rankles a little bit of me, um, especially on diversity panels.
1: I guess um, I, uh, I I I'm trying to think how to how to how to frame this. I guess I have always been more... I've been happy, I think, that Comic-Con is... All right, I keep starting sentences. Let me... Yeah, <laughs> all right. I think if you were to ask a person who has no idea what kind of people they think uh, would be at Comic-Con... Um, well, a lot of those people are there, but they're going to think that it's almost entirely dudes. That is often the the nerd stereotype, right? Um, and so I've always been happy that comic-con has uh such a balanced gender representation that maybe i've become too focused on that uh and not spent more time thinking about the uh lack of people of color or or the queer representation
2: yeah well and even just in the the because if you know the audience is so diverse the audience spans every group you could possibly think of but I do feel like a lot of times that's not reflected in the panels and the panelists and the hosts, um, though. it's getting better,
1: yeah. in my and, experience. I mean, at least. And, and I mean, yeah, part of it is people putting together the panels should should look, but part of it is probably more um, systemic with the the industries those panels are representing. You know, there yep. aren't as many uh, comics writers and artists, unfortunately, and aren't as many people working in TV uh, who aren't um you know white and cis and mostly male uh Mm -hmm. so yeah the the problem goes goes deep but if you can address it with uh issues of representation on on panels then um that can be a positive feedback loop because the people who attend comic-con are very possibly the next generation of creators and artists Mm -hmm. well that was great that
2: was that was that was my thursday (laughs) What was your Thursday?
1: As far as TV, I had uh, I didn't get to any TV till till late in the day on Thursday, but I had a back to back panels, back to back that represent sort of the two types of like TV panels you get. One was a panel for a show that hasn't premiered yet, where they're going to show you the pilot and then talk about it and try and sell it. And one is the opposite end of the spectrum, where it's a show that has just ended a season and has literally nothing. They haven't even started writing the next season, much less shooting it. And it's just sort of a like, hey, wasn't that great type of panel? (laughs) You you get those. Those are the two ends of the (laughs) TV panel spectrum. So the first one was for the new uh, Michael Shore sitcom uh, The Good Place with Kristen Bell and uh, Ted Danson. And they showed the pilot, and I was I was really into it. Uh, I it has a lot of, uh, great it has a lot of great jokes. Um, If you don't know the the premise, Kristen Bell plays a person who um, wakes up finding herself in the good place, aka heaven, but it's not heaven because the show is very specifically not Christian or buddhist or jewish or anything it's not zoroastrian it's not any it it, it it intentionally says like none of the earthly religions really uh got this right but she wakes up in the good afterlife um which she finds out is only reserved for people that this um whatever spiritual uh committee have decided are the best of the best uh and she is very much not that she is a, she was a spent her life being a self-centered and very rude person. And it turns out there's been some sort of mistake and she's ended up in, in the good place by mistake. And Ted Danson plays her, um, I guess, uh, uh I don't know. Concierge. <laughs> I don't know. The guy who, who is her guide, um, to, uh, to the good place. And so what I liked about it is that it's funny. Uh, it's the number one thing you want out of a sitcom is for it to be funny. Uh, but, i also liked that it had good characters and more specifically it has a theme like it has a point it has a uh, it's working out an idea about goodness they talked about this a lot on the panel that it, it's uh, a show about what does it mean to be a good person what does it take to be a good person like can you are you naturally a good person or is it something you have to like decisively do uh and uh, Every step of the way, um, and I find that a really interesting and probably very fruitful uh, idea. And I'm hoping that that uh, the show gets to gets to flesh it out. Uh, yeah, do you have any thoughts on the good place? Did you see the um, the Did you eat at the Tin Fish, which was? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I walked through there, um, and then went. Oh, I don't. I want actually an appetizer, and they don't have any here. Um, and also, um, wasn't looking for seafood, so that yeah, I, I should have used- known from tin fish. It's right there. That one's on me.
1: <laughs> I used to eat at the tin fish. It was like a Comic Con tradition for me. And then once NBC started taking it over every year, it's just too much of a madhouse there.
2: Mm-hmm. It's very busy there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's really encouraging. That what you're saying about the show's themes and it having a point of view. I'll always take that. Especially, it's nice to see that um, right away in a comedy pilot. I feel like it's easier for um, drama pilots to to because they have more time, so they can mm-hmm. really. Address like introduce and and start uh you know displaying a point of view in uh, like a, th- a thematic sort of approach to their storylines and their characters, but um to have a, a comedy pilot, I'm assuming it was also funny.
1: Yes, yeah, it, it was it was very funny. Um, yeah, it's it's not just Kristen Bell and Ted Danson; they were the only only ones on the panel, um from the cast. But there there's a a six person core cast, so it's those two and like three other uh, recently deceased people and then another uh um another woman who's um with ted Danson. i don't want to call them employees of the afterlife i don't yeah. know what to call them but uh yeah yeah uh, well
2: yeah so to have a comedy pilot both be funny and uh have a point of view and start uh establishing a bit of a world that's 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 rare so i'm i'm certainly looking forward to it actually the only thing i know about this one other than you know liking the cast um is the composer is um david schwartz who also did the music for lady dynamite and did uh arrested development and the theme for deadwood and northern exposure he's done a bunch of stuff oh. um interviewed him on the televerse just Fantastic. a couple weeks ago and he mentioned that he was doing the music for this one so uh dad did you notice the music
1: i See, Not put, really. You always put me on the spot with this sort of music. You're always trying to get me to talk about music more.
2: I am, uh,
1: but yeah. I didn't
2: bring up Hamilton when we were hanging out. I was very proud of me.
1: <laughs> I'm happy you didn't bring <laughs> up Hamilton either. I us yeah. to, and still I, I, still I won't be say anything <laughs> else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the other, the other pilot, the other panel, the other uh, panel that I saw. Most of actually, I ended up having to skip out a little early. Was the Silicon Valley uh, panel, which is great because it's the first. You know, they've been on for three years now, but this is the first time there's been a Silicon Valley panel at uh, at Comic Con, and it was. I'm sure you've been to these. Whenever you've got uh, a show, you know, Archer and Bob's Burgers are always big on this. When you've got a cast of just naturally funny people, it's just like watching a comedy show or or an improv show for an hour. They just joke around and uh it, you know they don't have any footage to show i don't think unless they showed it later i don't think they even sometimes they'll do like a blooper reel these kind of things uh from the past season i don't think they even showed uh showed that um uh but you don't need it when you've got uh truly funny people and it was um camille angiani thomas middleditch zach woods uh and uh, amanda crew uh from silicon valley um and, uh, yeah, I, I don't have any, like, as a guy who's at least, uh, theoretically, like, covering Comic-Con for, you know, as press, I don't have anything to report from the Silicon Valley, but it's not like any mm-hmm. news was released, it was just like, hey, it was really funny, they talked a lot about horse semen, um, which, if, you, if you've seen the most recent season, you know why, that I, there actually is a, a reason that horse semen might come up on the, on the panel, but, um... Yeah, it was it was a really fun time. Do you, do you know the kind of panels I'm talking about?
2: Absolutely. I mean, there's it, that's I feel like that's just like the Indigo Ballroom vibe um, for much of the con, and it's wonderful. It's it's so much fun when you get a cast together that is comfortable in that, and, and especially when you have comedians because they're comfortable working in a room. They know the environment. Any of the like something like the you mentioned Archer, Bob's Burgers, like any of these panels where the comedians uh or the panelists i should say have been there a few years they know the room they know what to expect and it's always a, they, they give good panel it's a good it's a good time yeah. um well, I my, really my, liked-
1: i'm not gonna, I'm gonna tell my wife not to listen to this episode because she hates when i say that phrase give a good panel <laughs> she yeah. said it she thinks it sounds gross um yeah but i, yeah, I, I say it all the time it. until
2: you said that a couple weeks ago uh in your preview i had never like made that connection so no Broke the glass for me on that one, but um, I'm, I'm going I'm to fight through it because there are just certain people who uh, who are just very good at Comic Con, yeah. And there are certain people who are very good at hosting at Comic Con, and I get frustrated when people hate on Chris Hardwick uh, because he because they find um, his ubiquity irritating or his particular brand of enthusiasm um disingenuous or you know it gets a grace on them um and i can understand maybe where they're coming from except that he's really really good at hosting stuff at comic-con and when you go to panels that he's hosting and panels that people who should not be in that position are hosting um you really see the difference
1: it, it pains me to agree with you because i'm not the <laughs> biggest chris Hardwick fan um as a you know uh stand-up comic or anything like that but uh yeah you're right i mean there's people like him are often the difference between uh, a memorable uh panel and a dry boring panel
2: yeah they know how to keep the line moving they know how to deflect and divert questions that are you know where do your ideas come from it's like <laughs> you know like they he's been hosting a long time he knows he, like comic-con is his ideal venue so yeah. um yeah I, for me there that's just a very effective term they give good, good panel and uh, i would have liked to have been at the silicon uh, valley panel that was one of the, that i had earmarked um, but unfortunately by the time i, I could have uh, gone to the panel but i couldn't have gotten into the panel <laughs> i assume based on what the line was looking like outside of indigo earlier in the day so that's why i missed out on that one i'm glad it was yeah, a fun that, time
1: that line this is something we can talk With this year lines moved faster with some exceptions for obviously like you know warner brothers and marvel and hall h like that was always going to be what it was but i uh yeah i got in line super early for silicon valley because i thought i would need to by by super i mean a couple panels early and it mm-hmm. moved so quick, like I guess a bunch of people left and it moved really quickly. And I was in, I caught the end of the panel before, which I couldn't even tell you now what it was, and then saw The Good Place, which I was like, I hope I get in for that, but wasn't counting on it. And um, yeah, the the same thing happened with Indigo Ballroom on, on Saturday, but we'll get to that. Uh, and, and I've heard people report on that uh, in general, that um, uh, lines were a little easier this year. I think, I mean, you had some experiences where you got into stuff earlier than you thought you would, didn't you?
2: yeah i did um i was expecting to have to line or queue for quite a while for american gods but we walked right in to 6bcf which is i want to say like the third or no sorry the fourth largest room one of the largest rooms um that isn't hall age ball 20 or indigo uh, if not the largest one that is not
1: those three um yeah Um, yeah Uh, well that that could be friday then yeah okay so Friday you saw American Gods. What else? Uh, I mean, we'll talk more about that, obviously. But uh, yeah, w- what was your Friday like?
2: Friday was was Stephen Universe Day.
1: And but uh, now you cosplayed as Amethyst on Thursday. Yes. For Stephen Universe Day to celebrate Stephen Universe Day, what was your cosplay?
2: I did not cosplay on Steven Universe Day. Ah. Well, you know, what? I, there is one other thing I should mention from <laughs> Thursday, which was the Cartoon Network um, costume ball. So. Oh. So there was a. It's the thing they've done the last couple of years. Um, it was. It's been Adventure Time themed specifically the last two years. This year they opened it up to just Cartoon Network, and basically it's a way to get a bunch of Cartoon Network fans into a room um make sure they're really passionate so you know put a costume contest at the center they'll all cosplay they all really care about something and want to win with their cosplay and then you can show a bunch of ads (laughs) i mean
1: clips
2: (laughs) 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 the other cartoon network shows but it actually was a lot more fun this year than it had been last year they showed a couple of episodes
1: steven universe perhaps you'd like we bear bears
2: (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) and then but what they do do uh very nicely is um they have uh, they, the big portion of, the, you know, they show some different episodes. They tend to be good clips. They tend to be good episodes. Um, they're certainly ones that fans, fans are very passionate about. Exciting to just be in the room with the other. like, I, was like, I don't care about the show, but these people really like it, and that's fun. Um, but they, they also are really good at the, uh, the costume portion of it so they get everybody anybody who wants to do it lines up you don't like you aren't required to so like i didn't participate because i knew i wasn't going to win and mm-hmm. i was also quite comfy in my seat um not climbing over people um but they get everybody in the back and then they play some music and they have like a runway that's so, like people like saunter down the whole room and like dance along um and so it's just it's a lot of fun and then they have uh, celebrity panelists from the different shows like rebecca sugar from steven universe was there um and there were some other um uh like voice actors and creatives from different uh crush network shows. They each pick one person and then the audience by cheer get, you know awards the uh the winner and they get like a t shirt or something. Um so that was that was part of why we had the more uh Is it a elaborate Bear cosplay t shirt <laughs> no, I don't think it was. I, I, I don't remember exactly what the prize was. It was something that was cool. I remember being like, ah, fair enough, decent prize. Um but I'm not remembering specifically what it was. Um but that's why we had the the cosplay on Thursday. That's why Maggie like went all out on Thursday um to represent well at the at the yeah. ball. Yeah, but no, Friday, we got up at 4 a.m. Because the Steven Universe panel was the first thing of the day. And we knew we had, like, a 45-minute commute to get there. Mm -hmm. And if something happened, like, for example, we missed our 4.30 bus by one minute, which we did. Oh, no. And then we had to wait another half an hour before we could get in uh, get on the next bus um we wanted to make sure that we weren't going to get locked out of uh the panel that we were most excited about all weekend so um that uh that was why i did not i was originally planning to cosplay um on friday but i bumped it to saturday because i was just like i need to sleep more um yeah so steam universe was the first thing of the day for me and it was the highlight of the con and i say that having gone to the world premiere of star trek <laughs> um it was amazing, and I could talk about it all day. I talked about it for about 20 minutes on the televerse. Um, so rather than monologue about it, I would love, if you have any questions about this, I can tell you about it. Oh, if
1: I have any questions about the Steven Universe panel. okay?
2: Yeah, about, about what it is, or like what the deal is, or... Well, do I,
1: I mean, am I supposed to pretend I didn't talk to you on Saturday or on Sunday? Um, no,
2: you don't have to. <laughs>
1: uh so i know that there was live music mm-hmm. um and uh i know that uh the voice of greg universe was not in attendance unfortunately no i'm a big fan of that no. guy um
2: and he does get some good songs but he he was not there
1: yeah have you, i feel like he's been to one like he's because his name is tom sharpling and he has another he has an internet radio show um called the best show that i've been listening to for uh close to 10 years um, and so I know from him talking about it that he has been to one San Diego Comic-Con, and I think the reason he hasn't gone back is because he felt that no one, none of the Steven Universe pa- fans were interested in him. <laughs> they were all there for the other cast, and no one uh, cared that he voiced uh, Steven's dad. Uh, though I wonder if if his role has grown over the years on the show, maybe that uh, that would be different now.
2: Oh man, it would have been wonderful if, if he had been there to do one of the songs. Because um, they, so Stephen Universe had a musical episode um, the week of Comic Con mm-hmm. uh, earlier, like on, t- aired on aired on that Tuesday. It's called Mister Greg, and it's amazing. And um, he is a prominent part. It's like basically a Steven, his dad, and Pearl episode dealing with some really intense interpersonal dynamics between uh, Pearl and and Steven's dad, Greg, and um, that you, I never thought that they would actually, I didn't even know that they would ever address on the show. So it, it was some really fun music, um, heavily featuring Greg, and um, and some really beautiful, beautiful emotions. So if he had been there, he could have sung one, of the, one or two of his songs, and that would have been awesome. He would have gotten a very warm reception, too. Not as much as, you know, Estelle, and not as much as Dee magnum hall who does uh magno hall i should say who do- voices pearl and not as much as michaela Dietz who was amethyst but he would have gotten a lot of love there was a lot of love in that room
1: well i'm happy for him and maybe someday i'll i'll watch the show but uh i no i, I, I just want to know um did you now okay last year at the adventure time panel R- rebecca sugar <laughs> was on that, as well as Steven Universe, and um, uh, she and um, uh, the voice of, um, oh, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the voice of Marceline, I can't, uh, Olivia Olson is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Sang the song that was to be part of uh, the Stakes miniseries, um, and uh, I got a little uh, teary-eyed. How many times... Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it over and under to three times that you welled up during the Steven Universe panel.
2: Oh, at least. Yeah. No, because Mr. Greg has a really beautiful torch song for one of the characters. Mm. And... um, uh, the the singer the the woman who sings that role or voices that role um, is a Broadway alum and just an amazing singer and she killed it and she's clearly very connected with the show very connected to the character and loved the, doing the song and it's like ten fifteen in the morning and she's belting out this incredibly emotional song and completely nailed it so there's that and then we have. Um, creator Rebecca Sugar singing the the closing credits on, on Steven Universe David um, are usually very short like you know 15 seconds at a time. Mm-hmm. but what they've done over three seasons is developed it into a song that you get about 15 snippets worth of with each episode uh-huh. and so like then they'll add a new chunk of it so like it's they put they, they've finally finished what that song is and, and Rebecca sugar sang it. And it was this, it's this, when you put it all together, it's this beautiful song about being able to love yourself as much as somebody else loves you Mm. and the idea of the idea that you can't really love someone. If you can't understand how they could love you,
1: Mm.
2: then you're really only, you're idolizing them, you're worshiping them, but you don't have an equal relationship and about just how hard that can be to love yourself. And it's just, it's just absolutely beautiful, gorgeous, very emotional and it's a simple song just ukulele voice but it was wonderful so there's another one then we have um rebecca sugar comes out as by and talks beautifully about representation and seeing yourself and how important it is to include children in this conversation and how important it is to have representations uh of just other than what is usually told stories that are usually told to children about love and about who is able to be loved and what that feels like. And, you know, and consent and identity and all this stuff. So she's talked about all that stuff. So I'm just getting misty, even talking about it. Mm. So yeah, there's at least three off the top of my head. And then <laughs> the panel was closed out by Rebecca sugar, playing a song that's going to be featured in an upcoming episode um, that she wrote when she was going through a really tough, struggling time to help kind of walk herself back from a ledge and that was also really simple but really powerful too so it was an amazing experience uh the panel was just fantastic it's all up on on youtube you can watch it all there but and in, in, i i watched it again since then i was watching earlier today just to kind of relive the experience and it's it's great to watch it there but it was just incredibly powerful live so This is the best, the highlight of Comic-Con for me in my experiences there so far. And the other ones that are up there for me are the Hannibal Pannibal from last year Mm -hmm. and the Firefly 10-year anniversary. So, you know, David, you know how much I love Hannibal Mm -hmm. and Firefly. So that speaks to, and and I've only recently in the last year started watching Steven Universe. But as far as I'm concerned, like the stuff they've been putting out, in this most recent batch of episodes, the last couple of weeks, and they have two more weeks coming still, is the best stuff the show's ever done. And it's the best show on television right now. It's going to be in my top three, if not my number one, at the end of this year. It's just amazing, amazing, the storytelling that they're doing at Steven Universe. So your okay. listeners need to watch Steven Universe. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> okay, you've convinced me I might watch it. <laughs> no i definitely yeah. want to watch it definitely want to check it out yeah um so good. i'll real quickly say as far as friday uh the only thing that's even remotely tv related but goes back to what you were saying uh, earlier about diversity is I-, I went to a panel called women below the line and this was uh it was at the new comic-con the campus keeps expanding um, and so this was an official Comic-Con panel, but it was in the Marriott where they, uh, have opened up new, um, ballrooms and, and have panels, um, in a, in a different. So now the, now the, the panels take place at the convention center, at the Indigo Ballroom, at the library, at the Horton Grand Theater, and at the Marriott. So this was new okay. this year. Go ahead.
2: Where is this?
1: Where is the Marriott? The Marriott. Yeah, which
2: one is this? Is this the one with the Conan wrap?
1: Yeah, the Marriott's the one directly, uh. I don't even know which direction. I've been going for 11 years. I don't know which direction anything is. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, if the Indigo or the uh, the Hilton Bayfront where the Indigo Ballroom is is on one side, the Marriott's the one on the other side okay, of the convention center. Yeah. Um, so I went to a panel there uh, and it was just a, a it, w- it was a really um, interesting and uh, entertaining uh, collection of women who work uh, behind the scenes and all sorts of different uh, entertainment and popular culture. So you had... Uh, video game designer and uh prop fabricator and uh then the one that's tv related is um uh, a woman who works as a an assistant editor in uh specifically in reality television uh, and she currently works on project runway um in which she said that the editorial team on project runway is surprisingly broey <laughs> um, more so than other like she's worked on like <laughs> gator people or whatever that show is called and like project runway is like the broiest editing room like she's she's seen uh and that was um an adjustment she had to make uh, uh that's very interesting to me yeah
2: um, <laughs> I, you, you don't anticipate that but that's yeah. that's really interesting yeah. yeah
1: uh but yeah she uh she was she was very entertaining uh, i can't really say much else but it, it was it, it was uh like we talked about it was good to to hear these kind of stories, even when it, you know, it's not like they spent the entire time talking about what it's like to be a woman behind the scenes. Like they just talked about their experiences and their jobs. And then that stuff would come up, uh, you know, uh, every once in a while, you know, in the, in the entertainment industry, you work a lot as a contractor and not as a salaried employee. Um, which I know from experience sucks anyway, but it especially sucks when that means you have fewer, um, Uh, human resources representatives um so you're working as a contractor in a male-dominated field and there's going there's unfortunately going to be a ton of uh harassment and um not only does that suck there's almost no place to report it a lot of the times uh, uh in these fields um that was one of the more upsetting things i learned but mostly i learned that uh these women are all uh awesome nice so uh, that's like the only TV-related thing I can really talk about um,
2: okay. for, for
1: for Friday. Uh, so let's get back to back to you.
2: Well, I saw two pilots. I watched two pilots while I was waiting for American Gods, and I also saw this thing with Shatner. It was a motion comic thing that was a very poorly run and scheduled and planned panel. But um, but they, that was followed, fortunately enough, by uh, People of Earth. A uh, new uh, new show on TBS with Wyatt Snack as the lead, and um, from uh, I want to say Conan O'Brien and Greg Daniels. There might be somebody else in the mix there that I'm forgetting about. Um, but that was actually a really strong pilot. Um, what I told you when we you know when we were hanging out on Sunday was, when's the last time a comedy pilot made you laugh in the first thirty seconds? Right. And this one made me laugh in the first thirty seconds. Not like a you know falling off my chair, but like a. <laughs> Surprise chuckle like the huh, huh, kind of a thing um, so uh, though slightly less forced and incredibly fake sounding is that <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm not, that's
1: just, I just thought that was how that's okay how laughs
2: yeah yeah no, I know <laughs> I hope I hope I don't who knows who knows but um anyways it was a uh, it was very um, it was very strong um not you know we're not talking all time great comedy pilot here but but a very strong we watch a lot of pilots and uh, over at the televerse and i'm sure you've seen more than your fair share david um and a lot of them are just bad it's bad but um this one has a really strong premise a really strong and um identifiable central character um, you feel like you get a sense of who he is almost immediately um it's got a fun premise that'll or like a they're setting up a, a at least season-long arc, potentially series-long arc that could go a lot of different places and be really fun. Um, and they have a strong supporting cast, um, the, the standouts in, of which are Brian Husky, who people will know from like everything, yeah. but I know him particularly from Veep because I reviewed that over at the AV Club, so I have to be very up on who's in that one. And he's okay. a reporter over he was on also Veep. Um,
1: Chet the paramedic on Children's Hospital.
2: Yes, of course, of course. Um, So he's gets a lot of fun. He uh, he also cut his
1: own heart out in the preacher pilot.
2: Oh god! Yeah, I was so boned when that happened (laughs) because I was very excited he was on preacher. Yeah, Uh, but not not for long. Um, Anna Gasteyer's in it as well. She's she does a good job, of course. She's a lot of fun. Um, So yeah, it was just it was um, it's about this guy who goes to interview. He's a reporter or a journalist. Um, He goes to interview members of a group a sport group for experiencers or people who have had you know alien experiences they don't, they prefer that term to abductees um so you know and, and the each you know these different members in the group have different like oh it was a reptilian it was a gray. It was a this kind of a thing um so he of course treats this with skepticism he's usually used to covering things like gun control and, uh, you know, and really important social issues and his boss sticks him on this. Um, but the, there's, there's good gags. There's silly sight gags. There's, um, fun personality friction between different characters. And I think there's a lot of potential here. So I'm, I'm I've been very excited about what TBS is doing in comedy. It's most recent, like it's new comedy brands starting with full frontal and, Andrew Tribeca, and even I've, I've been enjoying Wrecked, so I think this is a, a nice ex, uh, continuation of that, and I'm looking forward to that and to watching that in the fall. Had you even heard of this one?
1: Uh, I had heard, I mean, before today I had heard of it, I'd heard of it uh, when it was at Comic Con. <laughs> that's when I heard of it. <laughs>
2: is this one that you think you'll check out?
1: Uh, I don't, I can't make any promises. You know, I don't actually watch any TV anymore.
2: It's, yeah, it's that, the problem. that's the That's the thing. Yeah. Well, I don't watch movies anymore. If so. my,
1: if my wife is into it that's what it like the only shows i watch regularly now are the ones that i have a standing date to watch uh with my with my wife so uh you better believe i'm up on the great british baking show because
2: it's amazing uh,
1: and i'm up on the night of and that's kind of oh and unreal um i'm seeing unreal through at this point but uh <laughs> yeah uh super excited Do about anybody- the night of
2: did anybody ask the editor anything about, you know, Unreal and whether that was an accurate depiction of working on a reality show? Uh,
1: no, I, uh, I should have. Yeah, I, no. d- I didn't. I, n- I never ask questions.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you, you hate Q&As, right?
1: Well, Tyler's the one, my, my co-host over on Battleship Pretension, Tyler, is the one who really can't stand them. Um, yeah, I think if the question doesn't go on too long, it doesn't matter if it's a dumb question, if the person being asked it is interesting. You know, last year at the they had a panel for the movie "Rock the Casbah" with Bill Murray, which everyone has already forgotten that movie, and it also like had no real point being at Comic Con. It's not a Comic Con type movie, um, but someone asked the question: and it "Was like, what was it like making this movie?" <laughs> like the most generic question, and Bill Murray goes on this like soliloquy about. Morocco and the people and music and food and spirit and essence and the wind of Morocco. That was like one of the most beautiful things I've ever uh, seen happen. So um, I don't mind dumb questions as long as the person on the panel uh, knows what to do with them.
2: You know what I do mind, though, David, is hour long slots for two half hour shows uh, with panels after them. Yeah. How are you possibly going, which is what this pa- panel is at for people of Earth tried to do. So they did, they showed the screened the episodes like 22 minutes something like that. Cause there's no commercials. Of course yeah. they bring out their panel, um, including John Cryer moderating for some reason. Um, and then <laughs> the panel talks too long because they have interesting and funny people on it. And then they start powerless, like with 15 minutes left in the panel, they start the 22 minute episode and then they still bring out the cast, including Vanessa Hudgens, Danny, I think it was Danny Pooney, was there, and uh, Alan Tudyk were all there. Um, and you can't possibly make that. Who, who thinks, thinks this is a good idea, Dave, is what I want to know. If you have an hour long slot, a 45 minute show, or in this case, two 22 minute shows, you don't have time for a panel.
1: Yeah, I remember once. Um, this was years ago going to a Lost panel and beforehand it was Heroes and they showed the Heroes Season 3, I think, premiere. That's how long ago this was. Um, and then they brought out the entire cast of Heroes, <laughs> you know, introducing <laughs> them one by one. So you've, while we've watched a 45-minute show, introduced 11 or 12 people and now we've got <laughs> six minutes for a Q and a uh, Yeah. Yeah um yeah yeah it's it's a uh, but sometimes i don't know some of these actors you like them better when they're not using their own words
2: yeah that, that can be a thing certainly that can be a thing well and the fact that i can't remember who from the powerless cast was there tells you how much i connected with that pilot um,
1: oh, okay <laughs> so, that's what i was going to ask the next question was powerless good
2: yeah mm, not really um it's not horrible uh it has it has a, a high concept that it establishes very quickly um unfortunately through voiceover which is almost never a good idea as far as i'm concerned in pilots especially comedy pilots um scratch that just in general they're not good <laughs> on drama pilots either like if you're not jane the virgin i probably don't want to hear your voiceover um no. but the um yeah it's about an insurance adjuster uh, in a world where superheroes are real and they she works for an insurance company that insures for superhero and villain-based claims. Um, so they don't have superpowers. They're powerless, but they can be a hero too. Um, and so there's a friend of Battleship Pretension, Josh Fadum, is in this one. Oh, and he okay. gets one of... Uh, he and Kate Mikuchi play brother and sister and uh, there's like a fun little... For me, at least, Wonder Twin subtext there um, that I was seeing. They both have dark hair and everything. But um, Fatim's character has this theory that somebody in the office is a Green Lantern. Um, so that's a fun like, thread through through the episode. Um, uh, th- there's a, f- a few other like you know bits like that that are more successful, but uh, and and it, it feels like it's really charming. It could like develop into something, but it's not there yet. So that'd be one that I would say, unless you're particularly invested in the cast. Um, wait and wait a little bit. Let it, let them find their their sea legs and jump in at like episode six or earlier if people like let you know that it's gotten better. But that's I'm going to be skipping the episodes two, three, four probably for that one.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, but now I'm dying he, to hear about American Gods. What did you? Did you have something else to? to add there
2: no no I, I was just gonna you know you you transitioned so beautifully and i made sure i stepped on it um so <laughs> sorry about that
1: <laughs> I, do, I don't think that was a very graceful transition actually it was like let's talk about the next thing that's essentially <laughs> what i said
2: well the next thing was american gods it was in the same room and everything and uh by that point that we you could you know waltz into the room for during this like shatner motion comic thing people of earth and powerless but it was packed to the gills because of course then it went american gods orphan black histories uh vikings like so these are intense fan base uh, fan bases and american gods is an intense fan base because of course it's based on a neil gaiman book very po- you know very nerd popular geek popular um and it's being showrun by michael green uh of heroes and kings but more specifically for this crowd the comic-con crowd brian fuller of course, of all of the nerd shows.
1: Yeah. Um
2: Yeah, Star Trek through, you know. Um so the I have not read the book. Um I was there at the con with my sister. She has read the book um, or she's like I think she's reading it she's like two thirds of the way through anyways um, the, the panel was, was really fun they, they showed like a teaser trailer that had some footage um, or it, it was more substantive than one might expect considering the show doesn't premiere until next year um, but they've been filming for, for a bit it was moderated by Yvette Nicole Brown who's wonderful mm. and she had like read ahead several scripts um, and screenplays for the show and clearly also had read anybody who's seen her on talking dead knows that that woman does not go into these situations unprepared she's fabulous at this kind of thing um and yeah it was just a really exciting panel because the the again like you said with um the good place the the show is very interested in engaging with themes and engaging with uh social commentary and people's point of views, exploring the concept of belief and faith and what that means and what people believe in and why. Um, the, do you know the premise of American Gods?
1: Uh, no, I don't.
2: Okay. Well, it's set in my, my a world dog doesn't where... not either.
1: I don't know if you heard that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see whether uh, my sister's dog does. So far, he is a country unheard from. But um, the it's set in a world where, uh, reality where All the gods from any religion throughout time are real, exist, and are immortal, um, to my knowledge. I could be speaking out of school there, but I I believe are immortal. And they have as much power as they have people who believe in that. And so there are these, these really obscure gods who... Are still around but nobody believes in them anymore you know, like there's you're not going to find a bunch of people worshiping the egyptian pantheon or the yeah. the ancient greek or that kind of thing but they're still around and um there's also so there's this batch of there's the, these old gods but then there's also new gods um of like tv and technology and all these different things that have become deified in in more modern culture and so it's this uh, you follow this guy, uh, Shadow, played by Ricky Whittle, who people will know from The Hundred, and he gets out of prison and is offered a job by Mr. Wednesday, played by someone I know you're a fan of, uh, Ian McShane. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be, dude, it's going to be so good. I'm so excited because. The clips we get of him, he's going to be awesome in this role. Um, and that's not having read the book, but everybody I know who's read the book says, is even more excited about it than I am. But yeah, so e. McShane returns to weekly episodic television because I'm telling myself his role on Redonovan doesn't exist. And um, <laughs> He's uh, he's this mysterious figure. um, Not having read the book, I assume he is a god. I believe I know who he is, but considering they call him Mister Wednesday and and not by the name of a god, I feel like that's a spoiler. Um, But so so Shadow gets sort of immersed in this world, and there's each chapter of the book follows a different immigration story of these of immigrants coming to America and bringing their beliefs and their faith with them, which then brings the gods with them. So you're also following these different gods through time as they discover America. And so there's, it's like an immigration story on some levels. It's oh, an exploration of faith in it. It also, there's like dream logic and dreamscapes. This is like so perfect for yeah. Brian Fuller. So anybody who liked Hannibal and, and David Slate is directing the pilot. He, of course, he directed the pilot of Hannibal as yeah. well as Mise Mono, the season three, uh, season two finale. Um, and many of the the series most uh, visually affecting and stunning episodes also directing episodes is vincenzo natali who directed Mm -hmm. the first three of season three of hannibal also visually stunning um his work there so like there's every reason to believe that this will be another incredibly intellectual and thoughtful but also very emotional and very visually uh distinct series and so i'm incredibly excited for this one
1: that sounds great yeah uh, did you stay for Orphan Black?
2: No, I did not. Um, I I have a big place in my heart for Orphan Black. I've actually, re- I covered, I've reviewed every episode of it for three years, but um, uh, I know that there are people who are waiting to get in who love it even more than I do. So that I, I left the room.
1: very big of you. Uh,
2: so I, I went and um, I don't even remember. We went. My sister and I went into something else that we were excited about, um, but I don't even remember what it was because we were still on an uh, American God's high. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, that's all I did TV wise on, on Friday. Um, I saw a movie, uh, I thought I was seeing a movie called the woods. It turned out it was called Blair witch. That was exciting. Um, there was a big comic con reveal.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, did you have other like comic con moments like that? Or was that the main one for you this year?
1: Um, that, that's definitely the 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 biggest one uh, as far as like panels i mean as a movie guy i'm a big fan of director luke basson who did the fifth element and la Femme nikita and leon the professional uh and the panel for his new movie valerian in the city of a thousand planets um which looks very fifth elementy in terms of being just a very vibrant and weird um and otherworldly sci-fi action adventure thing um that was very exciting. We had to wait a whole week, whole year for it to actually come out. Um, but uh, that was the other big Comic-Con moment uh, for okay. me.
2: If I can tangent you briefly, where how, where do you fall on, on uh, Fifth Element? Because I love that movie.
1: I am pro Fifth Element and always have been. Huh. Yeah.
2: Nice. Okay. That's
1: great. Back uh, to uh,
2: yeah. initial line of
1: inquiry. Sorry. Well, let's get into Saturday then. The last day of panels for me Um what did you did you see any any TV stuff on Saturday?
2: I um, am racking my brain because <laughs> I don't think so. Well, you know what? I did go to. Um, um, I was I was late getting out of where I was staying because I was cosplaying that day, uh, and I had to curl my hair. And as previously stated, that was a process.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who, who were, you were the. I mean, you were the toast of the town because you were the most recognizable. You were. <laughs> <laughs> Remy you were what was it was it Harley Quinn was it Ray I'm trying to think which uh famous which woman pop from culture pop culture figure. you you were on Saturday
2: I, I was cosplaying uh as Maria Bamford from Lady Dynamite That's the and one. specifically her, her checklist outfit which is a red track suit and a blonde short hair that has been like overly styled and curled and hairsprayed. Um, I do not have blonde hair but it was too cheap to buy a wig and or bl- dye my hair or get it cut the right way. Um, so I just curled my hair and it wouldn't have mattered anyway because one person asked me if I was Sue Sylvester <laughs> from Glee <laughs> uh, and that was it. Um, so I though I feel like the universe rewarded me for my cosplay because I, first of all, I enjoyed it and if I want, I'm set for Halloween now, which is nice. That's good. But but if I want to have another holiday, uh, if you consider a Comic-Con a holiday where no one gets my costume,
1: yeah. um,
2: which is not new to me, but um, in, yeah, in I two mean, ways you smiled short, on me.
1: Short, curly, blonde hair, one Halloween I went as Brian Krakow, the character from My So-Called Life. Uh, yeah, no, no one knew who that was. That's actually See, not true because my wife was Angela Chase. Um, so when we were together, I think like one person recognized us.
2: Seriously, I I do, I know that we've talked about this off mic before, but I really feel like you should cosplay at Comic-Con one year and I feel like that would be a great one to do. There there is a contingent, there's a 90s nostalgia contingent yeah. that would love that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um yeah. Uh th- Yeah, no. No, I'm not going to do I'm not no. going to do Brian Krakow at <laughs> Comic-Con. <laughs>
2: oh well um the universe smiled on me though in two ways because not only did i happen to have lunch next to a guy who lived in san diego who was there with his two little adorable dogs and he let me take a picture Uh with his dogs which is perfect for the character in the show yeah um they weren't pugs but that's okay they were still very he just handed me i was like can i get it this is gonna be weird um can i get a picture with your dogs (laughs) you just handed me dogs i was not prepared i was expecting you're weird go away crazy lady um but um so that was fun but then also shortly after comic-con uh lady dynamite was picked up for season two so i feel like i win even though no one got my cosplay um so that was my uh that was my morning getting that together and riding (laughs) the bus uh but i did go to the end of the Children of Tendu live podcast, which is the podcast put out by Javi uh, Griomarswatch and uh, Jose Molina, who are two creatives in uh, in TV uh, writing, producing. Um, they have a number of credits behind them. Uh, the most notable one, I would guess, right now is that Javi griomarswatch is uh, doing the Xena reboot. He also created The Middleman. Um, so he, so they, they, they were cosplayed as. as um, William Wallace, and uh, Maximus um, because of a long-running feud between the two of them as to whether Gladiator or um, uh, Braveheart is the better film.
1: Oh, um, I, I have uh, that's an easy answer for me. Which one is it for you?
2: I have not seen Braveheart.
1: Oh, well, it's Braveheart for me. Either, I mean, neither <laughs> one of them is actually that great in retrospect, mm-hmm. but uh, I was never into Gladiator. I, I liked Braveheart a lot at yeah. the time. Oh. I'll have to
2: watch a brief ride, then I can have an opinion. But anyway, so they did—they their panels, uh, their podcast is about uh, TV production and writing for TV, TV, and and um, the ins and outs of how to become a writer in in Hollywood and all this different stuff. So that was very TV related. Uh, caught the tail end of that, and then hung out with Tyler. That's fun. Yeah,
1: I just hung out with Tyler earlier today.
2: Good times. Uh, that was my Saturday. There was other non-TV stuff, but that's the only tangentially TV related stuff I had for Saturday
1: um i did i actually ended up doing uh, a fair amount of tv stuff some of it um by accident because again i i thought i would have to get into indigo earlier uh for the last man on earth because the whole cast was there and so i ended up seeing a ton of panels <laughs> um i saw the end of the gotham panel i can't tell you anything about it i don't i walked in not knowing anything about gotham and i i know one lucky fan won a trip to the set oh nice uh, that's cool uh, after that was the Expanse panel, which I used as an excuse to get a bathroom pass and go um, get a drink at the bar. But I did come <laughs> back and watch some of the Expanse panel, and um, that seems like an interesting show. Uh, and again, uh, to go back to the theme of the of the con and diversity, this was maybe the most diverse cast that I saw um, on. On any stage uh, at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, now, you watch all of TV. Um, have you watched The Expanse?
2: <laughs> I've seen the first. I want to say four or five of The Expanse. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm confusing it with another sci-fi show, it might only if it, if it only has like a six episode run, then it would be like I've seen three. But I, I feel like it had a ten episode ish okay. run, um, and I've seen four or five. Um, I just it didn't grab me the way that. I saw it did for a lot of people. It was getting a lot of buzz from people like, um, Todd Vanderwerf and some other, uh, genre fans, um, and it just it didn't really grab me, so I, I got away from it and didn't um, didn't get back to it. I was uh, it came out at the same time as like childhood Childhood's End. I also uh, didn't didn't something must must have been going on at that point, uh, in, like my actual job that pays me stuff, yeah, <laughs> or or life or something, or maybe there was other another show I'm not remembering at the time that was keeping me occupied. But no, I didn't I didn't get back to
1: it. Okay,
2: um, so clearly it's having a season two then.
1: I guess so. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, this is the one. If you're getting confused, this is the one that has uh, the Iranian actress Shorey Agdashlu on it.
2: She's in like so many things, though. She's in all the things, which is great because she's wonderful.
1: But yeah, definitely. Back in 2003, when I saw House of Sand and Fog, House of Sand and Fog, I was like, I'll probably see Shorey Agdashlu at Comic Con one year. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: and she's also in Star Trek Beyond, so yeah.
1: Oh, is she? I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Yeah, she also did a couple episodes of Will and Grace. Maybe just one episode. Anyway, um, so The Expanse was interesting. Then I sat through, I've never watched an episode, a single episode of The Magicians, but I sat through the Magicians panel. um, And um, speaking of our mutual friend, uh, Todd Vanderwerf, who uh, tweeted that the only thing he was sad he wasn't at for comic-con was the magician's panel so i i kept tweeting him updates <laughs> uh, about uh, about the, the magician's panel even though i know nothing about it uh but that also seems like an interesting interesting show um have okay. you watched any of that
2: i've watched i watched the first episode and promptly stopped watching it because they had a uh rather um irritating is not a strong enough word and offensive is a little too strong of a word um, but it's, it's nearly nearly to the offensive level um, uh, faux sexual assault uh. scene where they have a woman uh, who gets uh, is getting attacked um, and like, like her buttons get ripped off of her shirt by magic and she thinks she's going to be raped um, and because the the and who's doing this to her is trying to like put her in enough stress enough stress situation that like latent magical powers will like produce themselves to save her and he's like I would never I would never I'm like because mm, you just like basically did yeah no so, it's, it's that
1: kind of uh, I hate con- you, constructed Show. constructive attempted rape oh yeah you know the helpful kind yeah um so oh, okay uh, well yeah. that, I, that, uh, I don't like that at all
2: yeah um but um so that is uh that is why i was like nope done this was not anywhere near good enough for me to not stop watching you for pulling crap like that um and yet i'm seeing all of this love for for the show from uh from people like todd um and and there's a few other uh critics that are not coming to me right now who are really big fans of the show so uh did what did anything speak to you in the panel did anything like really capture your interest like what stood out to you not having seen the show uh
1: i i like that um the the description of it sounds like it's like oh it's cw harry potter <laughs> like that's what i thought when i heard like what the show was about um but it's a it seems to be a little more grown up than that um and have a little bit more of a of a world of its own that's the impression that i got from the things they were they were talking about. Um, but you know obviously panels are meant to sell a show so maybe it's not what it was what uh is it also on sci-fi
2: yeah i okay. want to say
1: because yes. the the clip that they showed a clip from the season two premiere that had the word fuck in it and i uh didn't think uh people were saying fuck on sci-fi but maybe it'll be uh you know audio around, dropped out the, yeah yeah on the actual uh uh actual airing um but yeah it seemed interesting uh apparently there was a big um scene in season one set to a taylor swift song which mm-hmm. uh they revealed they had to pay fifty thousand dollars to, to <laughs> use a, a taylor swift song uh, uh, uh on the show uh but yeah it was a, it was an interesting enough panel and a way to kill time to get to the two things i was really there for um one of them i have to say i'm a little disappointed uh because i was really excited for this show because it uh Uh, It's from Phil Lord and Chris Miller, uh, who have directed good movies and made good shows like The Last Man on Earth. Uh, And it also, one of the regulars is a a guy I know and a friend of Battleship Retention, comedian and actor Johnny Pemberton. So I was very excited for Son of Zorn. Um, And now, here's the deal. I, I can't really talk shit about it with that much confidence because being a show that is partially animated it's a live action animation hybrid about a he-man type character although they very they went way out of their way to not use the word he-man at any point on the panel um but a he-man type character who um lives in our real world and uh has returned to uh, southern california from his animated uh he-man island um to reconnect with his ex-wife played by cheryl hines and his son played by johnny pemberton and his ex-wife has gotten re-engaged to a Uh, professor of psychology at an online university (laughs) played by Tim Meadows, um, (laughs) who was the highlight of what I saw, I would say. Um, But because it's an animated show, they didn't have anything from the first season. Apparently they've shot their whole, like, 13-episode order or whatever uh, in terms of live action, but there's not any episode where the animation is done because that's just uh, how these things work. So what they were able to show us was the presentation pilot that's a year old at this point. Um and it just seemed maybe i'm you know you and i are talking about things like um like i was talking about the good place having not only being funny but having a a a well-formed uh idea and motivations and um son of thorn did this presentation pilot did not seem to have that but i know from what they said the story of the that happens like they've changed things like fundamental things about the background and the history of the characters for the actual pilot um, from the presentation pilot. So that's why I say I can't be confident um, talking about it. All I can say is it had a number of belly laughs, but it seemed really scattershot. Um, Mm. Most of the best, most of the best jokes uh, came from the fact that this animated this cartoon civilization that Zorn comes from and Zorn is voiced by Jason Sudagas who was not present, um, uh, at the panel, but the, the island and the culture he comes from is barbaric and incredibly violent. Um, and so most of the jokes were just sort of, uh, gags, um, that were juxtapositions of like this eighties kid cartoon animation and horribly violent and gory things happening, um there's the there's like a a giant like magical hawk animal thing that gets like mercilessly slaughtered um uh yeah and then in the I shouldn't
2: be laughing at that no, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: and then in the they did show us an unfinished you know a uh, clip from the from the pilot where a uh essentially a cartoon teenager gets sliced in half um <laughs> Uh, the, 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 those were the those were the biggest laughs and most of the stuff that Tim Meadows said because he's constantly being a psychologist and so when Zorn is trying to show him up in front of Cheryl Hines he's just doesn't seem to have, be emotionally reacting to it but just saying well you're emasculating me right now so I'm going to leave the room <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah uh I I don't want to warn people away from it because I haven't seen anything that I can be confident doing that in. Um, But it wasn't, what I saw wasn't what I was hoping to see, I guess, is what I would say.
2: Yeah, I mean, Tim Meadows just being in stuff makes me happy because I I think he's very, I like choosing to not have shows because he's really funny in just about everything I can think of him in. Um, So that just makes me happy that he's. Getting a paycheck, um, regardless of what happens with the show, but um, yeah. I'm always, I'm, uh, I'm always really intrigued, uh, and sometimes they can actually be frustrating. Um, there was a panel I was at this this Comic Con about um, the psychology of Marvel TV, mm. and it was actually getting kind of frustrating because uh, w- when you listen to creatives talk about their show, the show that they're writing on, or it's even it can be. You know, even more of a disconnect when they're the creator. Um, If they're just a writer on the show, um, then they don't necessarily have a lot of control over what's happening. So, you know, there's more leeway there. But, but when you listen to them talk about their show and the ideas going into it, and like in the case of the psychology panel, there was a lot of there was somebody there from Agents of Shield who was talking about the psychology of several of of the characters, and it was way better than anything they put on the screen and I was just uh-huh. I almost wanted to leave the panel because <laughs> I was just so irritated. It's like okay, so you've thought of all this really um specific and uh, at times intense uh, backstory for your characters and for what they're dealing with and what they're going through and what's causing it and what it's going what it says about them and their world and everything, but you haven't put a word of it into your finished product. You don't get credit for that. Um, yeah. So I always think it's interesting when you see the, um, you know, when creatives are able to translate that, when um, if they say something, you go, oh, I didn't even realize. And it makes sense and it adds layers to your experience, your viewing experience. And when that just doesn't come through and doesn't doesn't make it onto the page, whether they're aware of it or not, whether that's a um, a something that they just weren't able to fully find the words for and fit with the characters um or if it was like a struggle between the network and the creatives you, you know i mean you never know why something doesn't make it to the screen but um i always think that's interesting um and it can be very illuminating or it can be as it was for me this comic-con it can be a little frustrating um when it doesn't connect when it doesn't you don't feel like the text backs it up so hopefully that, that'll be in this new prod, this new version of the show but um at least they're thinking about it. At least they like ha- have come up with this new backstory and this new like character related stuff. So if mm-hmm. their belly laughs are still there, I mean, maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then after that was The Last Man on Earth, which, uh, very much like the Silicon Valley panel, was uh, just a big hour long fuck around, but no complaints. Um, there's <laughs> because, in the same way, they are writing season three now. Um, But they haven't shot anything, and also they can't really tell us uh, anything. If there's anything even a little bit newsy I could tell you about The Last Man on Earth is that they hinted very very heavily that, um, like, you know, season two had a different location, you know, Malibu instead of Tucson. uh, They hinted very heavily that season three will no longer take place in Malibu for the most part. Um, so that's the most I can tell you as far as uh, what I might have learned from the panel. But I still laughed my ass off for an hour. Especially, you know, it's sort of. Uh, I think I said this. I said this in my my little uh, write up of the day at Comic Con on Battleship Retention. That um, much like the show itself, the Last Man on Earth Comic Con panel has improved mightily from one year to the next. Last year it was at 10 a.m it was just will forte and january jones and no one seemed awake enough to really have a good time it was kind of a snooze of a panel this time they put it near the end of the day and it was pretty much the whole regular cast it was will forte and january jones and Kristen shawl and mel rodriguez and uh mary steenburgen and cleopatra Coleman. is that right um uh it, it was it was everybody uh do you watch last man on earth kate
2: I have not gotten back to it ever after giving up part of the way through the first season. Um, but I have followed your enjoyment of it no, I, <laughs> you really watch I, this.
1: I 100% can't blame you for giving up halfway through the first season. I... Um,
2: I mean to go back. I just haven't had the time. So I'm really encouraged by, you know, what you've been saying about it on on the podcast. And certainly the coverage uh, of the panels that they've been having too. just sounds like that would be a blast. I think there's there's nothing wrong with a panel at Comic-Con just being just a bunch of people goofing off because the whole point of it is to have fun for a weekend. So I think those are some of the the most entertaining panels. But um, yeah, I hope to catch up back up with it someday. Because it it's just like a weird enough show and uh, the premise and everything that once now that I'm encouraged that they've gotten over the really tiresome uh, gender politics of the first season um, and they've moved on to other things, then I'm much more interested in the show.
1: If you like the weirdness, that's that's what season two, that's what I'm talking about. Like it almost feels in retrospect like they had to do a shallow shallower more conventional, storylines in season one is like a proof of concept to fox and like people Mm -hmm. enough people watched it they were like okay now do what you want and season two gets so much deeper and weirder and uh and heavier at at times uh, as well um yeah i definitely recommend uh catching up with that uh but the as, as funny as will forte is um the absolute star of the panel was mary steenburgen who um now you won't know this because you haven't watched uh, season two. But um, at one point in season two, they they're all sitting around the campfire singing. But instead of singing, they are rapping uh, "Informer" by Snow. Um, I think you're I think you're a little younger than I am, so I don't know if you remember the uh, cultural phenomenon that was "Informer" by Snow but uh the song was a big deal um and it's very funny that they do that in the show and on the panel mary steenburgen did the chorus of informer <laughs> uh which is hilarious if you know that song um and then uh yeah she was she was great she was very eloquent um and um then she was also very uh goofy and and funny uh and, and yeah everybody was that that was um that was one of one of the funniest panels probably the funniest panel probably edging out silicon valley for the funniest panel i attended but uh that's it then i went and had sushi <laughs> yeah, That yeah that
2: that's my set i i went to that psychology of uh, marvel thing actually maybe that was even on sunday yeah
1: yeah, I, I didn't do any panels on on Sunday. I actually, yeah, that that uh, Mondo exclusive, uh, the the Over the Garden Wall soundtrack that I talked about earlier, uh, I got that on Sunday instead of instead of preview night because the line was too long on a preview night. Um, mm-hmm. Did you do anything else on Sunday besides have a delicious uh, quesadilla and some margaritas? with me
2: delicious margaritas as well always yeah. always a pleasure sir um yeah i went to the X live panel which was a little underwhelming it was fun but it could have been a lot better um they were pitching really hard for their live uh show the 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 people behind uh the composer for X and rob paulson have put together a two-hour long show to, to like fit with a symphony orchestra so they can be hired and contr- con- contracted out to come in to play with a symphony orchestra and do like a whole show. And they were pitching that hard throughout the panel. Okay. And um, that was a bit of a downer. And I also just... Animaniacs has a big place in my heart. I was very excited for this panel, um, but the the songs out of context just they're very they're fun and there some of them are very educational and I have a bunch of them memorized, <laughs> but they don't have any emotional impact. And so seeing them performed live, just one after the next after the next, being like, and we've got another one. It just doesn't really doesn't really work if you're putting in the context of stories about the show and about your experiences and your memories and you have like a moderator separate moderator who's like prompting, Hey, can we get a little few bars of, you know, the, the countries of the world song Um, then that that, I think that works a lot more organically, but this was very much a, like there was no desk. They just had, they had like headsets and there was a keyboard up there and they were like, we're going to pitch you our show so that you'll hire us. And uh, I feel like it was a really Uh, a wasted opportunity or a lost opportunity, even though it was fun, even though the crowd was very much into it. Um, I actually had more fun at the like 10 minutes of the John Barrowman panel (laughs) that we got into.
1: I I hear that's great.
2: Oh, it was very fun. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. Yeah, the year we're I was in there with my sister, and we were we were placed in there. There were two seats, like up in like the third row or something, that we were put in, like ushered over to when they were letting just a straggly, you know, a few stragglers in, Mm -hmm. and so we we could see really well. We were over to the side, but like you're right by that giant screen, so we could see really well. and you know, just John Barrowman is there in his Zap Branigan cosplay, uh, wearing <laughs> a rainbow tutu, which apparently he donned at some point during the panel because we okay. peeked in earlier and he didn't have it. Um, and rocking the crap out of some um, stiletto white booties. Um, and she it's just, it's just like, said, You're realizing I'm never gonna look as good in heels as John Barrowman does. ever in my entire life i'm comfortable with that the man is working the crap out of these heels and his legs are amazing uh it was in he's just a complete entertainer so it was we were only in there for a few minutes but it was long enough that my sister and i were like we're getting to this panel next year i we i've looked at it every you know every year and gone like really i mean he's a lot of fun but his own like hour-long panel yes yes so i'm so awesome. looking forward to that for next year do you have any things that you're looking forward to like hopefully being at the con next year or maybe you know you'd like
1: to see oh that's a good that's a good question um let's uh i don't know let's bring the great british baking show to, the, to oh my to god
2: i would line so hard for that yeah
1: yeah <laughs> would you I, um you and i could cosplay together as mo and sue
2: oh yeah mel and sue yeah would you yeah. be mel or would you be sue uh
1: i think i'd be sue right because okay. uh, okay. uh shorter I could, hair I could
2: mel yeah yeah or
1: maybe i'll just have to be paul hollywood
2: <laughs> can you do this the the you got to work on your piercing stare yeah that'll be and so. the the it's like the most heartening handshake of all time i, oh, I can know, do that gotta... I,
1: I can I, I can shake hands i'm suitably her suit Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be all Hollywood Um, so yeah I can do do that I don't know if I have that piercing stare though Um, yeah well with that said uh, this was fantastic Uh, this was a great comic con for for Mm -hmm. all involved uh, despite the heat Um, and thank you for coming on and talking about it uh, on hey watch this
2: Thanks for letting me rattle on and only make your episode 50% longer than it was
1: supposed <laughs> to be. <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> now, I am at battleshippretention.com, David at battleship com. at davy pretension on Twitter. Uh, where can people find you on the internet?
2: i'm at the televerse on twitter uh the televerse is my weekly television podcast tv review podcast uh the televerse.org is the website for that you can find my talk about all that stuff there if you want to hear me talk more about steven universe and comic-con we did like again like i said like a full 20 minutes just breaking down the steven universe panel let alone the other like 15 minutes that episode about the most recent episode about the the current Stephen Bond that's going on um so you can find that all at the televerse.org if you want more of my thoughts on the great british baking show i just had a piece go up at the AV AB Club about that, about how much I love it. Um, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, you can find me one of those two places. Hit me up on Twitter, people. I love I love hearing from from people on Twitter. So hopefully they'll touch
1: base. OK, well, uh, thanks. And uh, hey, what's this?
0: They say you took something that belonged to them. And man, they go kick your white ass. Impostor, i I'm just a middle-class worker from Toronto In spite of how I sound Single one platinum, bigger than Marley and Jimmy and Yellowman But I'm not even mulatto My reggae's watered down Hear me on the radio, think I could not be blacker But on my video, you see, I'm really a cracker Pretending I was a raster since I was in jammies I should pay my face and start bedding out Mary, you can criticize me all the way to the bank My single, number one, and shabba don't rank Time wanna kick dice the off the label for in the cops They said it just ain't right a Caucasian man records a carpeting song, they don't have a problem. Must be an oversight. All the Jamaicans think I gave them a bum steer. But everything I know, I learned from an auctioneer. The video started seven for this year. Go get eight. Do I hear eight? Nine. Who'll give me ten? I got ten, ten going once, going twice. Sold I can spot gibberish and it'll go bold. I am what I am, and that's all that I am. A skiddly button picked up, bit, up the bowl. Bizarre day, bizarre day, bizarre Wrapping your songs with the best of my ability You need a black man to increase the credibility When put on the spot, I side with the rosters Cause Sean ain't down with no imposter Imposter, like vanilla ice The people are sick of me They put my boom boom down in four months My butt'll be back in Canada working i job With a burger crown Would you, would you, would you like fries we thought? A hot apple pie with that. Just drive around, man. Blue flash. Cool Ronnie. Ah! Hey, man. You wouldn't hit a man with glasses, would you, man? I'm warning you, man. I shake a sheriff. Exodus. Oh, now. Oh, <laughs>